millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Darren Lewis of the Daily Mirror and Miguel Delaney of The Independent. And then there was one, Leicester City, England's great survivors. Premier League champions, but still the underdogs. They're in Europe's Elite Eight. Brilliant achievement, but Darren, is this where the adventure ends? I'm not so sure, you know. I, I, I just have a feeling for a Leicester side that have rediscovered their mojo They've got goals in them. They've got a simplicity back into their game again that they didn't have under Claudio Ranieri. They're playing for Craig Shakespeare. Or is it that Shakespeare is fortunate enough to have a group of players who are motivated in themselves? I don't read too much into the 4-2 defeat at Everton because he'd made five changes from the side that had won previously so impressively last week. And I know we all get excited about Atletico and the firepower that they have. Gamero, 10 goals in the league. Griezmann, as we super striker, 25 goals, 15 of them in the league. But I just fancy Leicester. I just fancy them to pull something off. Are they ready for the intensity of the Calderon? Well, that's it. Um, and I suppose they're almost like... I think one of the things with Leicester as well, why they've maybe cut sides like Sevilla and potentially the rest of Europe by surprise because they do things so differently. But they're now playing possibly the most English team in, in the sense of how Atletico is set up. And that's why I would fear. From, I just think Atletico do what Leicester do better um, I, I think they'll have a little bit too much class, especially as you mentioned, Griezmann. But I mean, like, look at the transformation, kind of Vardy's form. I, I was at the Sunderland game last week, and the way he took that second goal, he, like it, it, it was a, it was the goal of someone with no hesitation to his game, all the confidence back, just just on a certain, And that seems to be the case with the, with the whole team right now. I think it, it will be a brilliant tie. You know, I think with Vardy, it's not just about the goals; it's the selfless running, the ability to open up, create space for other players to be able to take advantage. Mares didn't start the, uh, a game against Everton, and you just look at the, the intensity and the hunger that's back in the game. And I think that could offset the class, the undoubted mm. class that Atletico Madrid have. Have they got, though, the defensive solidity to go with that sense of adventure, if you like? Well, the two goals they conceded against Everton were as many as they'd conceded, I think, the previous four or five under Shakespeare. So they've even got that organisation back. They look like a Lauren and Hardy movie beforehand, and then suddenly you see them at the back. Morgan looks like the player he was last season. Do you think he'll be back? No, I think he, um, he's got a back problem. 
and Craig Shakespeare says that he's, he's very unlikely to make the game, that would be a big, big miss yeah. uh, because Ben Alain's not the same player. Mm. Give us a perspective, Miguel, on, on Griezmann, if you like. You know, there's a lot of talk. Manchester United have always been mentioned. It does seem more likely that if he's going to do anything, he'll go to Real Madrid maybe at the end of next season. Mm. Do you see that as more realistic? I, I think he's likely to stay. Apparently, as well, he doesn't really fancy living in England. Uh, but, you know, I suppose in any of these situations, money talks, options are always open. But I'd heard last week about Mourinho was so frustrated by, by the draw last week that the next day he, he essentially instructed, uh, you know, make, make Griezmann happen no matter how difficult it is. But, uh, yeah, I think for, for a number of reasons, even the, the, the talk today from Spain is that he's about to sign a new contract. So um, I think he will stay there for another year. So much of it's tied to Simeone as well. But uh, and the, the interesting angle, I mean, I think his, his primary choice would be to go to Real Madrid if he was to move. And for the last decade or so, they've had a pact with Atletico, essentially, not to sign each other's players. But there's been a wrinkle with that lately because Real have essentially they've broken it with one deal I think it could open up in that because regard Theo Hernandez yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is talking about going across yeah, exactly. the city isn't he yeah yeah exactly but yeah. see I, I disagree with you mixing so much as Sergio Ramos came out and basically appeared to be suggesting that Griezmann should make the move and Griezmann's is some quotes in one of our national newspapers today uh, where he said I don't think I could make it happen because so few players have done it mm. as you rightly say in the past um, and I look Manchester United I know you mentioned him but I think if you're Griezmann you look at the politics at the club you look at the potential that they have in attack and the way that they've failed to maximise it so far this season you look at the widely held perception that Jose Mourinho coaches the instinctiveness out of players. You look at, I know he's not an attacking player, but uh, Schneidlin has given some quotes out to, I think it's Lekeep, where he says, I was a robot mm. at Manchester United. I couldn't do the things like that came so naturally to, to me when I was at Southampton. Marshall, Mata, Rooney, Zlatan, yes, OK, he's delivering for fun. Rashford scored only his first goal since September the other day. Then there's a politics. Then there's a potential for United not finishing in the top four. If they don't, why would you go there if you're Antoine Griezmann when you could go to Chelsea, a settled side in the Champions League, possibly City if they finish in the Champions League, or, as you say, one of the other superpowers in European football? I think it's a big, big ask for Manchester United to attract Griezmann. I don't think the money would be enough. Yeah, and, and players have a certain affinity with certain clubs, don't they? Now, I can see Griezmann staying in Spain, mm. but I can also look at... Atletico, and it's a club which engenders loyalty. Look at Fernando Torres. Do you think he'll he'll play any role on Wednesday? Well, look, I mean, Gamero didn't start at the Madrid derby on Saturday, so um, although I, I, I did some quotes afterwards about Simeone basically defending Torres because it, it wasn't his best performance. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would expect him to at least come off the bench if he, if he doesn't start, if, if Gamero's fit. Um, and he's quite, I mean, I, I've always felt a lot of sympathy for Torres. In that, I mean, he obviously had such a bad spell at Chelsea, and, you know, given the price, like, given the lack of goals. But I think he's, for, for a striker like that, he's actually quite a selfless player. And he, he works very hard. I, I, I always quite like the, the work he did. Mm. What about Simeone, Darren? Can you see him coming to the Premier League? I think, uh, no, in a word. I think Simeone would go to Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, they've got a huge amount of money. They've been having a real nibble at Antonio Conte. The door is still open if he wants to go there. But Conte's obviously been saying very openly to us that he wants to stay at Chelsea. Simeone, however, 
he could now be another real option. Atletico's form had dropped off because there was a bit of flirting between Simeone and Inter Milan sort of going on sort of mid-season, but they've picked up again the third in the Spanish league. But I think he's going to go, and that's one of the reasons I think Griezmann will go, because I think that it's a huge project with a lot of money, Chinese investors there, um, and I think it may well be far too attractive for Simeone not to go back to his former club. Also, this summer, just with FFP regulations, the new Inter owners are essentially free of the of the of the last uh, the last regime so they'll be able to spend much uh, a lot more money this summer they'll probably make a big pitch for Simeone I think they'll probably sign Hamez as well I think quite like I mean I think it would be uh, healthy for football I suppose to have one of the big Milan powerhouses back back in that mm. way mm. and what about Atletico what does their success say about you know we always talk about Spanish football the top two Atletico are moving on they're going into a new stadium can we just dwell a little bit about what football loses when we say goodbye to a fantastic stadium like <laughs> yeah. Vicente Calderon? Well, I was, I was even thinking about this in terms of when all, when all the talk was that Liverpool might leave Anfield. Can you imagine? It's, it's actually almost hard to imagine Liverpool without, say, the Shankly Gates there. Mm-hmm. And I think so, so much of that is, is, is part of the, the fabric of a club. It is the culture of a club. I think that there is a bit of a sadness, particularly... If they if they leave the same area, you just you just you, you lose something. I think you, you lose it's a little bit of identity. I think and it's quite a positive thing to say that Manchester United have been able to uh, stay at Old Trafford and, and you know constantly up, upgrade that stadium rather than kind of le- leaving somewhere iconic. But I think it's same. With, I mean the Calderon, it's one of the most distinctive grounds in Europe. Uh, it's a fantastic yeah, place, isn't it? Completely, yeah. And even even the shape of it. I mean, because especially what you always see with modern grounds now as well, they're almost like they look they're all identical. It's kind of They've been picked out of a catalogue, whereas the Calderon, it's it, 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 the shape of it is so distinctive. Yeah, and the noise just yeah. goes right around it, doesn't it? Completely. And they're moving to the other side of the city as well, which, again, is, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. What about if you look at the rest of the quarterfinals, at Darren? Let's, let's dwell first off on, on Bayern against Real Madrid. It's the Carlo Ancelotti show in many ways, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, and um, there won't be any small measure of needle in there because obviously Real Madrid sacked Ancelotti a year after he landed the decima and um, <laughs> like kind of illustrated just how fickle a, a club they are because he finished without a trophy the following season and he was out the door. And what he's doing very quietly but very efficiently is guiding Bayern towards the domestic uh, treble. Well, well their treble because uh, he could win the League, the Cup and, and the Champions League. The Champions League as a sort of subplot Pep couldn't do it. He took over a successful side from your Hinkers and couldn't do it. He won the leagues, but he couldn't win the Champions League. Ancelotti's going there with the players that Pep had had is, is guiding them towards this. And they look strong. They look efficient. They're scoring goals for fun at the moment. And I think it's going to be tough for Real Madrid going there. Um, Zinedine Zidane have just been uh, sending out a few distress signals, if you like, because the idea... He go back to the fickleness of United. He's a favourite son. He had that magnificent unbeaten run uh, earlier in the season. Uh, and suddenly, you know, as it gets towards a business end and things not looking so good, there are suggestions that he could leave at the end of the campaign. It's, it's incredible, really, when you consider what he's done mm. uh, last season winning the Champions League. But I, I think Bayern will win. I yeah. think Bayern will, 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 will you surprise not to upset the odds. Well, I think Real are actually one of the strangest teams in Europe. Since I think they've... In terms of the quality of the squad, it's probably the best squad in Europe. It's the depth to it, and obviously the individual talent. But yeah, you watch them, and they're not that good. It's amazing. It's amazing how a team can win so many games, and yet they never really convince you. And to be honest, even 
<laughs> I mean, it's slightly controversial, but I think I thought last season's uh, Champions League was it's almost like the ultimate cup win in the sense that I mean the Champions League is designed to uh, you know acknowledge the greatest club in Europe. But I think they were very far from the greatest club. I, I thought they got extremely lucky last season. He, he, even in the final, Atletico kind of froze a bit, and, and, and Real got lucky again. I just they're a, a team that's very very hard to work out in that sense. Like you, you almost wonder what's actually good about them beyond. Mm. Ba- you know their star stepping up the odd time. What about what about Gareth Bale? Because he's had a bit of a strange season. It's mm. been sort of st- staccato stuff, isn't it? Yeah, really? he's been injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you expect him to make a real impact in the next few weeks? Yeah, and I suppose in terms of his movement, he's almost kind of taken Ronaldo's role because I think as Ronaldo's got older, he's he's a less mobile player. But even even if he's in Ronaldo's game now, he he can he confines himself to the box more. But what what he does, I think, what's very effective about Ronaldo is that he still attracts so much attention. Mm from opposition defenders and it means players like Bale have much more space to do damage and I think that's probably a big, a big thing with Real as well and, I, and that's one of the reasons why they win so much without being that convincing that there, there is that space for, for their stars to step up mm. it, it looks like Real Madrid aren't going to have Pepe available mm. there's some talk about Chelsea what do you think? I'd be surprised, you know, um, if you were to go there. His options are going to Chelsea or to China, and, and he obviously doesn't want to go out to pasture just yet. So, he, you know, Chelsea's the next best option. And obviously they could meet the expenditure of his wages, but I think Antonio Conte's looking to bring the average age down at Chelsea, and I think he's building a team for the next five, six maybe eight years at Chelsea, just like Pochettino to a certain extent is doing at Spurs. Mm. Um, and I think... If you look at some of the players that he couldn't get last time, right, like Rajan Engolan, the Roman midfielder, who's now late 20s, I think he's nearly 30, and now he's saying, look, fine, I'll just get somebody younger in midfield. Um, Lukaku, you know, Costa's 28, Lukaku's 23. That's That'll do for me. And I think in defence because he is obviously looking to strengthen his defence, I think he'll probably get uh, Kaladu Koulibaly, who is in his, I think he's 24-25 from, from Napoli. Um, I think he may try and get Aymeric Laporte. Yeah, he'll look for a centre-half who was a lot younger and has, ha- and has got a lot more mileage in him so that he can reshape that side and dominate for the next five, maybe six years. Mm. Let's look elsewhere in the Champions League, Miguel. Uh, Dortmund beaten pretty easily by Bayern 4-1 at the weekend. Mm. They're playing Monaco. I've got a hunch about Monaco that they could do something pretty special here. Completely. I mean, they actually, the way they play and the, the profile of the team actually reminds of uh, one of the great things when I was growing up, that Ajax 95 and Van Gaal side. And there's just that kind of sharpness about them. And actually, that, that game it, as a whole, when you look across the fixture, it looks the least glamorous. But yet, I think it actually could be the, the, the pound for pound, the, the best quality match. I expect a lot of goals in that as well. Mm. Two two very exciting teams. I think they're a fantastic side. When you look at the makeup of that side, Bernardo Silva, Thomas Lamar, Sadibi uh, at fullback. Uh, mm. That's even before you get to like the forward line. Sadibi's not going to play, and, and obviously they're going to miss uh, Bakayoko as well. Bakayoko is going to be a big miss in midfield. Everyone in England wants um, as well. <laughs> absolutely, and that's the all that is before you even get to Kylian Mbappe up front. You know. They have a terrific side. They've got a good cohesion. They put Spurs out of the Champions League. Uh, they put uh, Manchester oh, City yeah. out of the Champions League as well. They play wonderful football. Um, it's such a shame they're going to get raided at the end of the season because some of the big clubs across Europe, the bigger clubs across Europe, are going to take them. If they could keep that side yeah. together, what a side mm. they would have. Let's play fantasy football leagues. Let's imagine you're an agent. You're actually Kylian Mbappe's agent. What do you do with him? What is it? I think he should stay there for two years. 
because he's only 18. I mean, this is, this is his first year of, uh, of, of proper football in that sense. And what is to be gained by going to the sort of club? Like, I mean, obviously, Real Madrid are really putting the pressure on the side. I mean, even Sergio Ramos has come out and kind of, you know, put, put on that, that charm offensive. But Real Madrid aren't the sort of club that... Well, they're, they're, they're a club for stars in their prime. They're not a club that's going to to nurture a young player in that sense. And I, I think I think he would be best served by saying there. He'll be no, no complications from he stays at Monaco. If he goes somewhere else, the, the the profile changes, the atmosphere changes. There's a different expectation. I mean, you know, Manchester United. That's another. They're obviously big in him as well. But we were talking off air. I mean. Mourinho doesn't exactly have the best record in terms of nurturing players like them. Mm-hmm. And, and if you want to look at the classic example, um, Anthony Martial, mm-hmm. same club, same profile, has gone to, brilliant in his first season at United. He looked ready then, but now suddenly after eight months under Mourinho, he doesn't look ready at the moment. Mm. Look at the other game, Ju- Juventus against Barcelona. Uh, Juventus unbeaten in 21 home games in Europe. Mm. They look pretty strong, don't they? They do. Two nil winners, I think, at the weekend over Kievo. Uh, Barcelona don't travel well. Awesome side, but um, they lost at Malaga at the weekend mm. by a couple of goals. That's uh, done them for the league, La Liga, isn't it? Absolutely, Unless because classic, well, Neymar was sent off in the game, and he's going to be. And, and I think there was some sarcastic applause, and um, that he could get another match for that. And if he does, then that would rule him out, as you say, for the Clasico, and, and you would suggest that would be it for the season, as you say. Um, I think, as far as Barcelona are concerned. I'm going to this match and I'm really looking forward to it because I think Juve at home with the firepower they have, with the cohesion, it's wonderful to think that they lost their best player last summer, uh, Paul Pogba, for a world record fee. And everyone thought that would rip the heart out of the side and Allegri has recalibrated the side. He's brought in Pjanic, he's brought in uh, Higuain. Higuain's done the business for all the money they've spent on him. Pogba hasn't for Manchester United. They can't get back into the competition and Juventus look as though they're going great guns. So good on them and I think it's going to be a fantastic occasion. Isn't that the essence of the of the Champions League, that it's attraction? That, you know, OK, we all want English clubs to do well, but frankly, we don't need English clubs there to actually enjoy what's going to be put before us. Well, that's it. I mean, it's, it's the, the, the premium football competition in the world. The, the, the level of it is uh, beyond anything else. Although, but even Barca, actually... I actually think Juventus could could knock them out, or probably will. But Barca have gone through a bit of an evolution themselves, and not not in a positive sense. Because after I suppose a decade when they were the model club in terms of how they were always bringing through all these players, they've actually become almost, and they will hate this, a modern Real Madrid in the sense that they they they, they just it's become a team dominated by stars. And even if you look how lopsided the construction of their squad has been, it's it's actually, for a team that massive, it's actually quite a shallow squad because I suppose so much money goes towards the, the three stars. The superstars, that's mm. right, yeah, because they've looked to extend the contracts of the, of the stars. I think one director was even fired for saying, why are we spending all this money on... Uh, Lionel Messi, wasn't he? Yeah, Lionel Messi, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I suppose the first rule of Lionel Messi's contract is that you don't speak about Lionel Messi's <laughs> yeah, contract. Yeah. So. Who do you see as potential winners at this stage? Uh, probably Bayern, actually. I think, um, I, think, I think they will do. Although, well, I, kind of, I want Atletico to win it because I was at, the, I was at their last two finals and uh, I thought, they, I thought they, were, they were the best team in Europe in 2014. Mm. Uh, and only to, to, to lose in that way. It's actually it's an interesting thing with Letico as well. I mean, Simeone has done such a massive jo- job at that club, quite a almost like what Pochettino's done with Spurs in terms of transforming the mentality. Because I suppose, mm. I mean, they have a they have a history of basically ch- choking Atletico, yeah. and yet 
for all, for all he's made them win and how much he's changed the mentality, it has actually just made Atletico suffer those same flaws all the more exquisitely. I mean, if you look at the... Like, because they've beaten Real Madrid so often in the league recently, then they played them in Europe, lose to them with a last-minute equaliser and then on penalties. I mean, you, you kind of can't get more uh, psychologically traumatic in football than that. <laughs> mm, mm. You unless you're PSG. Well, yeah, unless you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I'm, I'm disappointed, actually. I haven't argued for about 20 minutes. Now, <laughs> OK, uh, let's try and get an argument about Manchester United then, shall we? <laughs> Europa League, um, is it more important to them now than the Premier League? No, I still think, for me, the Premier League is still... I, I think but Mourinho believes he can catch City and I think he believes he can catch Arsenal because I think Arsenal have got a really difficult run of fixtures ahead. Uh, Palace, Spurs, the North London derby, which could now be the biggest for 20 years. I think they've got some very, very tricky matches coming up and I don't think they've got the right mentality. Wenger talks about it all the time. I don't think that's it. City can't defend. You know, they've got a wonderful side. They're exhilarating going forward, but they simply cannot defend. The goalkeeper's all over the place. The defenders have got no real understanding or cohesion between them. Um, and City fans will get upset about that, but it's a fact. They are throwing away a place in the top four because they can't defend. Liverpool are decent, but again, OK, you could argue that that first win without Sadio Mane this season in the side at Stoke was an, an impressive one to come from behind. But again, they, there's so many self-inflicted mistakes I think United look at those three clubs and think we can catch those clubs in the final eight. And for that reason, I think the, the league, the top four, is more important for them than the, the Europa League. Mm. It's, it's been a strange season because United are, are on a 21-match unbeaten run, which is underwhelming. Yeah, How can that be? The, the worst invincibles ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 I wonder if it's one of those situations as well where it, it, there was a little bit of this actually in, in, Ar, in Arsenal's um, invincible season since that. By the end of the season, it wasn't so much about winning games anymore, but avoiding defeat. And they kind of they lost a little bit of spot. And you wonder kind of does that have a bit of a, a psychological burden on players because because it it, it, it almost restrains them because suddenly there's that, that fear of, the, of of not losing not losing that record. But I think they've been, in general, just very underwhelming United. I mean, there's all this talk about the amount of chances they've missed, but what memorable performance have they actually had this season? I, I think their best performance have, not coincidentally, come in games against the likes of Burnley, where opposition defensive realised, we may as well just sit back as deep as possible against the end and let them create chances because they won't be able to do much. I think t teams know this now. I don't think that they're that good a team. I have to say, I have not been as disappointed by a squad and a manager as, as much as many United yeah. and Jose Mourinho this uh, season. And it, it'll be t if he does win the Europa League, he'll talk two trophies, he'll be talked about success, a success. But this squad should have been challenging for the title. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. I think, look, I'm a big Mourinho fan. I covered Chelsea when he was there. And, and uh, you know, I think he got a lot of unfair stick when he was there, when he was at Real Madrid. Um, and people all this nonsense about him being boring when he's actually bucked that by, by playing well, scoring goals. But at Man United, when you look at the players he has, last week some of the nonsense came out with I need a goal scorer. Rooney, Mata, uh, Zlatan, Mkhitaryan, uh, Martial, uh, Rashford. I need a goal scorer, goodness me. And then all of the treatment of Luke Shaw, which bordered on, as people have been using the word, and it did border on bullying, you know, you humiliating a player who, yes, he may have had fitness concerns, but I've never heard Pochettino speak that way about Luke Shaw. Never heard Nigel Adkins speak that way about him. And, and people may say, oh, lots of other managers questioned his fitness. Yes, but not his game intelligence. He's a super player mm. who we all know and saw 
could yeah. handle himself on a football pitch. Suddenly you get to Man United under Jose Mourinho and you don't have any football brain. Makes no sense whatsoever. And if there is a reason, you know, Mike, that some of the big players like the Mbappes, like the Griezmann, wouldn't go to Man United, it is because of the unconventional way that he handles players and believes he has the right to speak about them in public because that has not gone down well at all. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. If you listen to Pochettino, mm -hmm. he says, look, management's, management's changed out of all recognition. The iron fist no longer yeah. works. Well, even on that, in terms of kind of bringing through young players, I remember being at a Pochettino press conference last year and he was talking about what you would the way to bring through young players is that you have to show them that you trust them and give them time, give them room to breathe. And that is complete contrast. I remember, again, it was a Mourinho press conference and he was talking about it, but Mourinho spells the exact opposite when he said, I, I don't need five games to know if a young player is up to it, I need ten minutes. But, but I mean, mm. I think there's always a kind of short-term thinking about it. And, and again, it was, the, it was the opposite of Ferguson in that regard as well. Ferguson was the ultimate in just allowing young players, giving them that space to get used to the team, to play a bit, to give, to give them an extended run. But actually, in terms of the season as a whole as well, I think as regards profile or status of the season, it's actually essential for Mourinho to uh, qualify for the Champions League either by top four or winning the Europa League. Because if he doesn't, it's essentially the same season as Louis van Gaal had last year, mm -hmm. a domestic cup and outside the top four. Mm. What about the reliance, some would say over-reliance on, on Zlatan? You see, I, I look at that in a more positive way um, in, in so much as Latin has shown the leadership that Man United brought him to the club for. Um, would you give him two more years? Yes, as a I would. Yes, I would, because I think that kind of influential figure around the club, he's a John Terry type figure in that he, he leads the club, the young players, the maybe fragile players through the difficult times. He buys United time uh, because if they can't get the younger quality that they want this summer, maybe if a player turns around and says, give me another year and I'll come. You've got Zlatan there. I, I think that kind of influence, that kind of presence in a dressing room is never, ever a bad thing. And I think he is possibly the only... He is almost... You know, Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson had his Roy Keane on the pitch, didn't he? His general on the pitch. Mm. Mourinho has Zlatan, and Zlatan is not afraid of anybody, not intimidated by any situation. I would fancy Zlatan to be central to United, putting a spoke in... A, Chelsea's will in the Premier League at the weekend. Uh, that's how big our rate went. I know everyone says Kante's player of the season and with some justification, but I think Zlatan has to be up there because as a 35-year-old to score 28 goals so far this season, he's right, he is Benjamin Button, isn't he? <laughs> we'll come on to Chelsea and, and the game on Saturday in, in a little while. What about the game on Thursday? A lot of people are reaching very dangerous assumptions that United only have to turn up to win this trophy. Mm. That's not the case, is it? Yes, but and I suppose what, what immediately looks different about the Europa League this season is well, that there's no Seville there. So I mean, given, yeah. given they've dominated the competition, like, almost. But it, it, it is a limited field. But then the, the problem is you, you can't bank on United winning games. I mean, <laughs> look, the, the, the amount they've drawn recently against clubs, against clubs you would expect them to beat. Um, and I mean, coming back to it, I haven't seen United. They haven't put a single performance, say, like Van Gaal's one brief good spell in uh, in March April 2015 when they when they beat Liverpool Spurs and Man City there's been nothing like that and it, it, I think they're quite an unreliable team in that regard United at the moment mm. what about if you look around Lyon you'd expect probably to get past Besiktas mm. you've got Schalke who are playing Ajax which is an interesting one to call where's the threat going to come from I like Leon. I like their firepower uh, their, their goal scoring capability I like uh, the freedom that they play with 
And I think it's an interesting title race in France at the moment. But I, I just think that they are a side that have the, the wherewithal to get in behind and maybe trouble a Manchester United. Um, you mentioned Schalke, they've got an efficiency about them. A little bit of luck as well, obviously, which all clubs need, to be fair. Mm. But I agree with you. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination you can say that Man United only have to turn out to mm. win because they've been disappointing on so many occasions this season against teams you ex would expect them to be. And Anderlecht like, could be dangerous as well. I mean, they're almost kind of a, a, a mini Monaco in that sense. I mean, they've become one of the one of the uh, most productive youth, uh, <laughs> sorry, youth clubs in Europe in that sense, the amount of players they put through. They've still got Tielemans there, yes. who's excellent, and uh, it's, it's no walkover for United. No. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the Chelsea game. Conte, it seems, is, is preparing the ground very well for his meeting with Mr Mourinho. Um, you know, talking in terms of a good coach doesn't just buy <laughs> players. Uh, it's well, going to be a spicy one, this, isn't it? It is. And, you know, you've just... I, I was literally just about to ask Mix about, you know, all these problems with Man United and the, the, the underwhelming performances. Is it the players because he's been lumping on them or is it him? Because I think it's him. It's his job to get the best out of these players. When you consider Spurs have Ericsson, Ali and... Who else? But just behind the striker, Ericsson... Ali, uh, I think they've, they've had winks. Basically, they've managed to get the most out of the four mm. uh, attacking players that they have. Son yeah. Heung-min, thank yeah. you very much. Uh, Son Heung-min, whose bit was sensational the other day. They don't have the firepower that Manchester United have. And yet Mourinho hasn't managed to get a system where he gets the best out of all of those players on a sustained basis. Um, and Chelsea have. Uh, they didn't. He didn't manage to get all of his players and yet they've been exhilarating this season. They've scored goals for fun. They've got consistency defensively. They're strong. And I think Mourinho looks at Conte, looks at what he's done, looks at how much admiration he gets from the media, from the wider public, and thinks, I wish that was me. Yeah, I think that him. really riles him. Yeah, it used yeah. to be him. Yeah. And this guy's come along and made Mourinho look, not like a dinosaur, that's too, that's too strong, but certainly has eclipsed him, and certainly has eclipsed him in the eyes of Chelsea fans who now believe he's, he's gone. So is Conte then, in Mourinho's eyes, the new Arsene Wenger? Because, you, you know, that always used to kick off. Yeah. Basically, because well, except, he's except he, a except he's to win things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mourinho, I think Mourinho came in obviously just after Wenger's last title, um, but is it, right through the season, and it, it, the amount of little nibbles that Mourinho has had, I think it kind of really properly started in October, just when Chelsea's run started, and Conte hasn't really responded yet. No. But I, I've heard that um, he wants to and will. But I think he's conscious of the fact maybe his English isn't good enough yet to be getting into these kind of wars. Mm -hmm. And also, I think he wants security of having maybe won the title before then, he's, mm -hmm. then he starts having a real go. Because in, in Italy, he was notorious for it. Mm. It's just jealousy, though, isn't it? I mean, it's it's because it's needless. You know, if you are in a position where you're actually going toe to toe with the guy, then yeah. But you're kind of lobbing stones from afar. He's he's basically mm. galloping away with the Premier League at the moment. He's got no need to get involved in the nonsense with Mourinho. But I think, as far as Mourinho is concerned, he sees Conti doing all the things that he couldn't do in his second season. The players literally down tools on him. Uh, Hazard didn't want to play for him. Everyone says, where was he? We know where he was. We know about all of the, the, the things. And Michael Namalano, the tech director, came out and said after Mourinho had gone that there'd been a palpable discord in the dressing room. The players didn't want to play for him anymore. Um, I think as far as Mourinho is concerned now, all he will do is what United under him have been best at so far is stopping other teams from playing, and I think uh, that's what he'll try to do against men, uh, against Chelsea. Because it's not uh, rocket science what he's been doing at Chelsea, is it? Mm. Yeah. 
fewest number of changes in the Premier League, 31, organisation, have a strategy and stick to it. Yeah, although I was at the game on Saturday and we were talking to Eddie Howe afterwards in his, in his Monday section about what makes Chelsea so different and he said what, what, what really marks them out is actually how dangerous they are when you have the ball because they're able to just suddenly, you know, once you lose it, they're able to suddenly spark into life and, and, and they're quite relentless in that sense. But yeah, uh, and I also mentioned the fact that they, they played three at the back, and he said he was thinking about kind of go toe to toe with them, maybe maybe matching up formations. But we we tried it before and it didn't work. So uh, <laughs> no, it's a good point because I, I was at a West Ham game. Uh, Mark Noble plays a ball out wide, uh, a, a, a simple ball out wide when he should should cross it into the box, and Golo Kanté robs him, passes to Eden Hazard. He exchanges passes with Pedro, rounds a goalkeeper, and scores. Really mm. simple, devastatingly effective. I was at. Stamford Bridge, where Cooman Ever- uh, tried to match up with his Everton side with with Chelsea. Afterwards, he said, "Look, they lost five nil," <laughs> and, and he said, he, "This side are the best team I've come up against playing in this system." Yeah. And 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 it's as you say, so effective the way that Conte plays, but so simple and so impressive when you couldn't when you can see he couldn't get the players that he really wanted yeah, last yeah. summer. What's he going to do if he does get Sanchez? Mm-hmm. If he does get Lukaku? If he does get Koulibaly, you know, if he does get the, the, the central midfielders that he's after, that side is just going to be awesome next season. And no matter what United do, they will still be, it, you would imagine, in the slipstream of Chelsea. Well, what's quite interesting as well, you mentioned Kuman and how, how much he talked up um, Chelsea. After the game last week, I thought uh, he made a few pointed comments about United. Said, like, he didn't quite say it outright, but he was a bit interesting saying they're quite easy to play against. Yeah, mm. what about Tottenham? They're, they're not easy to play no. against. Um, the whole culture that's being built there. I was talking last week to a, a very experienced manager out of work at the moment. He's been spending some time at Tottenham just looking mm. to see how they do it. He said what really impressed him was the intensity at which they worked. Not in a physical sense, mm. but almost that mental intensity that's bred into the players. What, you know, from what you've seen of Pochettino at close quarters, would you want to play for him? I, I think he's brilliant. I, I actually think, and this might be... This might, uh, irritate Chelsea fans but I actually think pound for pound in terms of actually maximising what you have I think they're the best team in England in that sense not, not necessarily the best team that obviously not winning the title but in terms of what, what they get out of what they have they're sensational um, and I remember I was at um, Pochettino's first game at Spurs away to West Ham it started the 2014-15 season and they, they actually won that game with a last minute winner through Eric Dyer I remember after the game he made such a big thing about a Pochettino but he was saying my, my main job with this club is to change the mentality because it was we were talking about Atletico Madrid earlier in the sense that they're intentionally choking then that, that, that has been kind of the Tottenham tag for the, for the last few decades as well they're basically just you know nice, nice team to watch but uh, I suppose it's like the classic Ferguson line lads it's Tottenham <laughs> but now, that, that means something else now and Spurs he means something else even like last Wednesday was absolutely brilliant in that sense because well, I was at the Chelsea Man City game and even during the game especially when we won all and you're kind of thinking oh we could have a title race here but tip, typical Tottenham that look, look mm. what they're doing again and yet then they go then they go and do that mm-hmm. I think that was one of the performances of the season at Swansea um, it could be the performance which actually sends Swansea down because they, they've yeah. gone at all levels aren't they absolutely the, the confidence is, after looking so strong so tricky uh, it looked like a fluke at, at Liverpool and they went and followed that up in subsequent matches McAlealy looked to have come and, and provided uh, the kind of organisation that they needed so desperately but they do seem to have lost their confidence um, and I think they are the team that are going to go down because Hull at home 
are so strong, haven't lost since Marco Silva arrived. Um, he's getting goals out of Umaniasi, who couldn't get a goal a game at Everton. Um, in the field, they look strong and rigid. Uh, defensively, they look good. They came from behind at the weekend uh, to win. I think as far as... Um, they are concerned they'll stay up. As far as Spurs are concerned, just to, to, to finish off your, your point there, I think if you look at the fact that without Kane, they have gone to Burnley, a team where few mm. clubs go. Mm. Even Chelsea dropped points there and won. They've gone to Swansea and won in the last few minutes, well, the last two minutes of normal time, a few minutes of injury time as well, scored three goals. They've got Son, Eriksen and Basically, the three behind the striker are all on course for 20 goals, uh, as well as Kane as well. And it had been said Mm. that they are a one-man team. And they're not. They are a side defensively, the best record in the Premier League so far this season. In midfield, very strong with Wanyama and Dyer. And up front, they've got all those players who are able to score goals. I think that they're a terrific side and he is on course, or should be in with a shout for manager of the year. Ali, 16 goals, that equals... Gerard, Stephen Gerrard's best ever season in terms of goal scoring. How good can he be? I think he's probably the best young player in Europe at the moment. I mean, I know it's like in this country often like accused of kind of over, uh, over uh, talking up players too much in that sense. But I, th- I think he's sensational. What's particularly impressed me this season is almost the, the greater nuance to his game in the sense that. Uh, Say in build-ups, there's little touches, the little, the little kind of flourishes he has. Kind of I remember, like when when Spurs beat West Brom during the season, the little flick over for Harry Kane. Uh, I think he's great to watch, and even actually the way he takes some of his goals, particularly his headers, remind me of Cantona, and and, and they're actually and they're quite big goals as well. I think he, like he, he's a, he's a clutch player in that sense, Ali. Mm. Look elsewhere, Manchester City. Now, I think. If you look at Man City, you know, we always talk about them basically still being half a team. Do mm. you agree with that? Yeah, I do. I think uh, going forward, they're terrific, um, even though they possibly haven't scored as many goals as you would have thought they would yeah. um, this season. But they're terrific going forward. I was at the West Ham game uh, where Sterling, Sané and Jesus just ripped West Ham apart. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. as a journalist watching, covering the game, we were looking at each other. Goodness me, you know, particularly mm. Jesus, who's fantastic. Sané, you can see where that money went. I questioned it. I was among many people who questioned it at the start of the season, uh, possibly because we hadn't seen that much of him. Mm. But even having seen a lot of him, it's still a huge amount of money to pay uh, for a player of that age. But he's absolutely impressed. And it was after that game that uh, Guardiola said, this front three, Sterling, uh, Jesus and Sané are the future of Manchester. And if you recall, Aguero said afterwards, you know, well, if he's not going to play me, I have to look at what I'm doing in the summer. Mm. And then obviously, as, as always in the mix, he kind of suffixed it with, but I'm very happy at the club, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which all players do. Yeah, but yeah. I think as far as um, City are concerned, they are half a team. Defensively, the onus is on him, not only to, to re- reshape that defence, but to get the protection for that defence that Chelsea have, mm. that Spurs have, when Yama and Dyer are mentioned before, Matic and Kante at Chelsea. There is no protection for the defence at Chelsea, at City and that a big part of the reason why they concede so many goals and shoot themselves in the foot. What about David Silva? I, mean, I have to confess, he's one of my favourite players. Mm. 300 games, there's a, lot of, there's a lobby now which says he actually is City's best ever player. Yeah, I, agree with I, don't, well, I suppose if you, even if you look at trophies, he's, he's up there with anyone in that regard. Um, how he kind of dominates games, and it's interesting even from, from his perspective how because uh, it did look like his legs might have been going last season, mm. but yeah, he's he's actually benefited from um, 
from Guardiola's more than anyone, maybe as much as Sané, and since he's really come back to his best. And yeah, I think it's com- it is completely fair to say he's probably the best ever player. I mean, he's would so distinctive. Say, would you not say Aguero, having scored that iconic goal, well, yeah, to in, 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 you know, when all of, everyone had given what up? What I've been really impressed with is that how he's responded to the doubts that were yeah. suddenly thrown at him. Ten goals in ten games. Yeah, yeah. Aguero, yeah, completely. I, I, I love Aguero as well. I mean. And also, what's particularly pre- impressive about Aguero recently, beyond, beyond the doubts as well, is that the Monaco game, uncharacteristically for him, he, he missed a number of chances, but yeah, it didn't affect him in the slightest. Next game against Liverpool, still comes back, finishes a classic kind of striker's finish. And he's, he's, he's so relentless in that, I suppose, it's, it's almost like, I remember talk, talking to a forward before about it, like, that as a striker you almost have to kind of be deluded in how self-confident you are. And you can kind of see that with Aguero, that like, none of this gets to him. Mm. The, the, the interesting thing about Aguero is it kind of illustrates Guardiola's manager, uh, his reign so far at Manchester City. I think Guardiola overcomplicates things. Uh, sometimes, for example, at Chelsea, I think he had Zabaleta on the bench, mm. he had uh, uh, Jesus Navas at right back. What on earth are you doing? You know, thank mm. you very much if you're Eden Hazard. You know, um, he got rid of a perfectly decent goalkeeper to bring in somebody who was uncertain and has had a difficult season, first season in the Premier League. He arrived at the club with a striker who we all agree is world-class mm. and started saying he's got to do this, he's got to do that. I think he dropped him for the Barcelona game. Uh, and, and, and he's just thinking, why do you overcomplicate things when mm. you don't need to? And I think that... The, uh, the idea that he's cleverer than everyone else, and you know, Mourinho thinks the same, you know. And you've got guys who like Conte and Pochettino just keeping it simple. Obviously, Wenger treading water at the moment, but I think these two at the top of the Premier League are showing the others how it should be done. What about Jurgen Klopp? What does he need to do to actually live up to his wonderful publicity? He's got to finish top four, really, because I think. Because I, 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 I mean. This problem with Liverpool season is almost that it's kind of it was, it was front loaded, and it, it created maybe a false expectation. Maybe it's slightly unfair on the club because it was, given how they started the season, the expectation was they were actually properly challenged for the title, and maybe they, they could even win it. Now that's radically changed in the new year, obviously. But I think, given the squad he has, given that he's still it's still it's, it's his first full season of the job, to finish top four is actually overperformance from club. Um, to finish outside it would be, would be a huge disappointment given what's happened but I think Saturday was massive in that sense as you said to, to win that game without Sadio Mane and mm-hmm. the, the, his response told you that didn't it? Yeah completely you could really feel it all. it was like it, it was actually it felt like um, the, the way Chelsea responded on Wednesday to beating City to, 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 have, to have that kind of that bounce back and which it meant to their season mm. We're looking now you know we're at the business end of the season PFA forms for Player of the Year are going out this week let's Finish this by having a look at some of the runners and riders. Um, uh, who uh, you want, there? Uh, well, I mentioned Zlatan before. Yeah. I'm a huge Zlatan fan. Um, I don't just go on the goals. Obviously, you have to judge any striker by goals, but I also judge it on his leadership, his ability to get them through the tough moments, the performance against Southampton in the League Cup final, uh, where mm. Southampton looked good, very good. And uh, that free kick was sensational and obviously popped up right place, right time for the winner. Uh, and I, I just think he brings so much more than just the goals. And he's obviously... The sound bites, the belief, you know, I mean, you might as well do your post-match press conference with him beforehand because, you know, he believes he'll go into a match and score the goals that will help him to grab the headlines. I think Canty's obviously a shoo-in because it's not just about the strikers, it's about the guys mm. who are able to provide the platform for them to do the business. Um, 
And Deli Alley, obviously, although I would imagine mm. I'm a young player of the year for, for, for Deli Alley, yeah. but you would have to put him in, a shout, in, in with a shout for the senior award because yeah. he's You look at some of the Tottenham players, Older Virai, for instance, yeah, yeah. he's had a fantastic season. Yeah, you could have any number of Tottenham players. Eden Hazard's been magnificent this season, but I'm not, I have to confess, I'm so disappointed with last season because I think yeah. top players, even when the going gets tough, top players want it week in, week out. Suarez took Liverpool from seventh to the brink of the title in a difficult season. Top, top players do that. And for me, I was really disappointed. But I still do think he should be there on yeah. merit. Uh, it's going to be a really tough one this time around. The one thing I always think with these, my kind of personal rule in bowling is that uh, as good as Latin has been, and I always think a player has performance have to have kind of a tangible effect on the, effect on the table. So he has to take, a, a, for, for, to be player of the year, you have to take a team beyond where they, they are. If they finish in the top four. But even that, but I think that's still, as we were discussing, it's under performance. That's massive, for, that was massive for the but, club but, but, because but, it changes the, the course of this summer. True, but the flip side, look, look at how many chances Latan has missed as well. If he had scored those chances. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 He's got 28 I, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, because I think he has been excellent. Ball. So for a name, give me a name. Uh, I know it's, it's boring, but I suppose it has to be Kante. I mean, actually, I, I, I would have thought up until about uh, a few weeks ago, Diego Costa would, would have been a good show because Chelsea essentially won this title between October and January. Yeah. And that's when he got most of his goals. He got so, so many clutch goals in that period as well. But I think in terms of consistency right throughout the season, it, it probably is Kante. Mm. I'm with Darren. Hazard took last season off. Kante won a title and he'll win another. Good enough for me. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.